0: Everybody, it's Jason Ellis. Remember the Jason Ellis show? Yeah, I do. It's on Patreon and it's like five shows a week and we have guests and YouTube can't stop us from saying stuff and we say it and you can text and you can be a part of the show. You can we can
1: synergize. Come with us. Sign up right now. Remember when the Jason Ellis show used to be live five days a week? I remember Wrong. that. It still is. Oh, this yeah. show that you are enjoying, this free pot, thank you for being here. But this is just a little amuse-bouche. It's just a little morsel. It barely counts as an appetizer of what is waiting for you every stinking week at patreon.com slash EllisMate. I have no boss.
0: We can do whatever we want. All
1: right, should we, should we fire
0: this puppy up? I'm ready. Uh, all right. Oh, I'm going to sing... And there's a smoke machine. I have to warn you. Okay. Don't worry about it. That's I, I'm. It goes real quick.
2: Okay. <laughs> Alrighty.
0: Three, two. <laughs> My balls is totally moving, Do it. Improve. I've got the heart and desire my balls are on fire ready to take us to the top The, the smoke machine decided not to go, which means it's gonna go again, and I don't want to turn it off because I like it when it interrupts. So just be ready.
1: Yeah, that was that was a pretty it was a pretty small uh, load. Cut. Yeah, mm. I'm gonna leave that. It's the fact two. that I can see you and our guest. Helene. Yeah. Welcome back, Sovereign Sire. Right now means there it is. Hey.
0: That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Dude, just wants know. to do whatever it wants to do, man. It's like everybody that I know in my life. My dogs, I'm like, don't pee on that. I and do then what I pee want. On it. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, try, I try to get rid of my dogs today. That's looking good. I got rescue dogs. I, I got divorced and my ex-wife was like, let's rescue these two other dogs. And I already got three dogs. And I was like, well, you take care of the animals because I that that's why she... Many reasons, but one of the reasons she left me is because I don't usually do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I grew up. I do it now. Um, (laughs) That's
2: kind of the problem with men. (laughs) Bit
0: late. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that.
1: But you gotta love us.
0: Uh (laughs) 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 Not necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, but five is too many in these two. Yeah, and they're very cute, and they come as a package, but uh, a friend came over to shoot photos of me today which is also weird. I took photos today with a um uh, uh, a photographer that shoots a lot of photos for adult entertainers. Um and it's not you not you don't have sex. You it's like artsy photos, but uh, who was it? Uh Alexandra? I don't know their last name. I forgot. Mm, okay. But they're pretty cool. Know. When you mention their name, everyone else goes, "No way." So, I'm like, "Yeah, I I don't know either, but they hit me up and here I am and yeah, I've got a dog mask on and <laughs> I'm on my knees with little boy shorts on. And- sure, but real artsy. Okay, that's yeah.
2: Okay, we're starting to get closer to a photographer. I can't think of the last name, but that is now. What's their
0: last name? But they're ri- they're the nicest people. They. Did it so well. Do they
2: normally do like sort of latex and leather stuff? Yeah, kind of like. Yeah, I feel like I know who you're talking about. For Europe. sure, you they do. Are, they are a very big deal because I, yes. start, I started as a fetish model before. Right. I went into adults, and then I.
0: I follow them, know. and all their photos are amazing. Yeah, like I'm, super. I'm pretty sure
2: I, it's just the last name is escaping me, but like I feel like I know exactly who you're talking about. Is
1: it something like Kacha? That's what I'm coming up with, or Ka probably not Kaka.
0: Well, anyway, they're amazing. We'll find out. Yes, it is. All right. Yeah, and they're amazing. And uh, I'm not used to modeling. I, don't know, I get uncomfortable. I get nervous. You know what I mean? And,
2: I, I'm like the opposite. Like all I've ever done for right. job is yeah, that job. So have so. I. That's,
0: but I'm, I'm modeled as a skateboarder, which means you have to pull the same face the whole time. Okay. And it's like, I don't care. And I'm very tough. Right. So that's my modeling face. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're taking photos because of my new shoes out. And I go, you have another face, Jason? I'm like, what about this? Because that's it's, it.
2: It's exceptionally difficult to photograph men. I like to think of myself as sort of like the model whisperer just because I spent so much time doing yeah. it that even like at family events, weddings, things like that, yes, when people are taking snaps, say things to I'll help. just like, I'll just climb in and be like, here, sh- you shoot from the middle. Okay. Say apple, like, or say very... happy instead of smile because it like just different things like that. Like I can kind of help people kind of get out of that place. Cause most people have like one face they make in a photo. Yeah. Yep. That they feel yeah. they look good with that yeah, face, and they're and- yeah. usually wrong. Well, over well, time, anything just starts to look weird, right? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: You got <laughs> to smile with the eyes, not with the mouth. What? Okay. Because a lot of people, like my kid, you take a picture of him, he goes, "Oh uh, yeah, yeah." Yeah. When you're well, actually you know when you're actually happy, you you smile. I mean, right. the lips are obvious, but the eyes go with it. When it you're was actually not, it was hard not to laugh sometimes because of the.
2: But sometimes laughing will get like the best photos.
1: Right. Well,
2: so you should like let yourself feel the full range because sometimes they snap shit when you're not looking and you're not on and like those turn out to be that like the would be best, my best images. Yeah, that would yeah. be my best
0: ones. Yeah. yeah. When I'm not thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was, it was nerve wracking and it was, you know, I, I can't, they're like, they're not that pr- provocative, but they're provocative enough to the point where I was going to put one in my story before the show started. I was like, nah.
2: You said you're in a dog mask. So.
0: And I got the, what's the chest?
2: Harness? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, like gay guys wear. Yeah. So I look real gay. And so you're the, in the person, person I was taking photos with was also a guy. So it was real gay. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. I, I am half a gay. So that's cool. But maybe not for my Instagram. I don't know. I feel now, weird. No,
2: I think because I had get the same thing where, so after I retired from adult, I ended up in doing some mainstream writing stuff. And it was very much like a culture shift mm. to, um, to be in a room where I hadn't fucked everybody. And I realized that there's a lot of behavior that I have in social interactions that came from being in porn. For just example? Grabbing people's butts or their boobs like yeah. as, as a form of just like endearment and like, yeah. hi, like which is super acceptable on a porn set because yeah. you're about to work together, right? Yeah. So it's just considered normal like you're flirting yeah. and you're you're kind of just trying to keep it you yeah. know like the mood up the energy up breaking the ice and and i've caught myself like almost doing that in social situations where yeah it, and I, like luckily i was able i was like girl like these are normies like yeah. to them this is like yeah. highly not normal
1: it's assault and yeah. so i
2: think <laughs> <laughs> i'm a girl so yeah, there is a little mm,
0: difference i know if i yeah. go around grabbing everyone's
1: butt at the at the christmas party yeah no, no that is yeah. assault straight away yeah. what's considered groping the barrier is quite yeah. a bit higher for women
2: but like i the thing i guess what i was trying to say is when you kind of are in the, the lifestyle a bit yeah your meter for what is like weird kind of is fucked up well
0: i've i'm i'm in it it too i mean not as not as uh but
2: that's what i mean it's like you're like oh maybe that's too much and it's like you're in a dog (laughs) dude.
0: yeah (laughs) it's a lot it was just it was i knew this was happening there was a lot of things happening and at one point miles was here and i i didn't know miles was here and i walked by with boy shorts and i'm like wait what are you doing here like this is this is gay time right now. Like I I don't need Jason L show in gay time. Like you're crossing the swords. When did you
2: start getting gay? Like when did that when did that happen?
0: I mean I've had a little I've had some experiences my whole life, but coming out probably about
1: ten years ago. Okay. Michael? Mm-hmm. I don't I mean maybe less. Depends on how you wanna consider show. It. Okay, that was well. So like you five. were on the radio show Sovereign, and yeah. I looked it up. It was, it was 2017, six yeah. years ago. At that yeah. point, oh, you okay, within well, four years, maybe. Yeah, you wouldn't have been aware. of Okay, that. sorry. I got I hit my head a lot. It's all a blur to me.
2: <laughs> well, no, I had a I had a friend that uh, Dustin that just came out as bisexual, like maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, and he was like, "Look, there's something like I've got to tell you," and I was like, "Okay." And He's like, "So like I'm bisexual," and I was like, "Duh," and he's like, "What do you mean, duh?" And I was like used to tell me stories about how like you would get really drunk and sometimes suck guys' dicks.
0: Yeah, well, that, And he was yeah.
2: like, oh, I guess that is kind of gay. And I was like, bro. Mm.
0: Kind of?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was way more not alert to that. like, there's no way you know. to
2: have a dick in your mouth and not feel some type of way about it. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs>
1: not, to, not to get all Jeff Foxworthy here, but if you just sucked off a guy, you might be bisexual. <laughs> uh, I thought yeah. I was going to be a redneck. Damn it. <laughs>
0: yeah. If you've got bad habits, like I have, this is not a read. I'm just telling you, if you've got bad habits and you want something to help you get through these bad habits that's a good habit, try Fume. And if you want to get a 10% discount, tryfume.com, use the promo code Jason, and you're off to the races. Thank you, Fume, for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, so it's still, it's it's still uh I'm, I'm still, I'm not comfortable with it all the time. Okay. You know, like I, I I think I talk about it because I want people that are younger that have gone through like what I went through to know that it's okay and that I'm here and I'm me and that's that's okay. Um, but it doesn't mean I haven't, uh, I still feel uncomfortable because I know, you know, I'm a moto guy. I'm a fighter. I'm a skateboarder. Skateboarding is actually okay. They, they Skateboarding's love it.
2: Skateboarding is like very gay. When yes. I, like when I was in high it's school- It's accepting. When I was in high school, oh, I don't know about back then. So when I was in high school, like all the skaters, yeah, like I went to a, I went to a performing arts high school. So so given that, but still, so like all the skater boys, yes, as a joke, would make out with each other because it was like, oh, it's so funny, and I was just like. Wow, just um, like skaters are really open-minded. Man, that wasn't and really, that like, wasn't happening
0: at my ramp. You and really? Danny, you and Danny Way. Yeah, no. exactly. Well, well put. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't happening. I feel like happening. there was a segment oh, of, of
2: like the punk rock yeah, culture no. that was all about just completely like anything that was a taboo not at all like, yeah. was was something to be run over.
1: Not See there, there's a gay and a not gay way to make out with a dude when you're a teenager yeah, in yeah. the 90s cuz I can recall doing it with guys at parties where I knew that there was somebody there who homophobic is such a strong word. I'm trying to like lead with the love. Yeah. Very uncomfortable with the That's idea. Yeah. So we found it really funny to go we, Oh, the three of us are alone in the room. I'm making out with you in front of him, just because we know how much it'll make him well, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and
2: that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, you right. know, is that it was it was seen as like a punk rock gesture to make squares really okay. uncomfortable. Yes. Like yeah, it was seen as guys. Just rebellious. blowing just <laughs> guy, blowing one. a guy, blowing a guy probably be a little right. next level. Yeah,
0: right. So yeah, I never see that's the, I didn't do that either. Like I was always I did the straightest thing a gay guy could do, and then when I came out, I was like, why not? try different things and at first i i didn't like them like i remember uh like kissing a boy is not i didn't i don't like that like you could blow me but if you try to kiss him i'm like dude that is so gay don't do that <laughs> i'm not try- it was like you know that movie boondock saints where yeah, where yeah. the cop is william defoe yeah, 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 is yeah, like yeah. gay but he doesn't want anybody to do gay yeah. stuff to him yeah i i really related to that like it yeah. was there were certain things where I was like D- don't know. like don't so like touch a, like a, me.
2: Like a, like a, so well in I'm I'm queer. So in lesbian culture we have pillow princesses and Ooh, so touch me knots.
0: Ooh, touch me knots. It sounds like A touch me
2: knot is like a stud, right? Yeah. that doesn't want their breasts or their genitals to be touched in a way that kind of um Makes them feel feminine. Yeah, does that make sense? Like, like they want to be the the man kind of in. They don't want to be men, but like in the bedroom, they want to take on the assertive, aggressive role.
0: The first time a guy touched my nipples, I did everything in my power not to laugh (laughs) because I was like, "What are you doing? Yeah, this is dead. This is dead here." You don't have sensitive nipples. No, but now I do. Now I let it happen. Now I do all those things, and I like it. But it took a long time. For me to to break it down and, and yeah. be okay with it yeah I think that was the main thing I was just it was like I had a gay friend who wanted me to go hang out with another guy and I went over there with him and the guy tried to kiss me and I was just not having it and I was like I don't really feel that good I'm gonna cut out and and I waited outside and then when he came and he got in the car he started laughing I'm like what are you laughing at he's like it's because he tried to kiss you isn't it and I was like, yeah. And he and he knew me more than I knew me. Right. Cause he could yeah. he was like, it's okay. You're just yeah. not, you know, that gay. And I was like, but I was I went there with you. How's that not gay? And he's like, right. it's okay. You're okay. Don't you don't need to get weird about it. Cause I did get weird. I was like, why how can I do one thing and not the other? But I think right. I just practice and and letting go of the self-hate of of being by yeah until until i was like you should just be proud of it if it feels good then do it like if you want to kiss a girl what's the difference because i always thought when you kiss a girl if you take the girl out of it you look pretty gay your eyes are closed and stuff you look super gay you're oh, like, oh yeah like
2: especially when um when men come the look you guys get on your faces like right before you bust or like right as you're busting yeah like as a woman, it is like the most hilarious moment during sex because it's like the one time you see a guy actually like kind of like drop the shit. Oh, wow. (laughs) And like, so for me, that's actually my favorite moment in sex is I like to turn and look back. I like to see that look on his face because he just looks so helpless. And I'm like, how does it feel? Wow. You know what I mean? Just like.
0: like, See, I feel like that that was me. (laughs) But yeah. now, now I think I have a gay face the whole time
1: because no, there's you.
0: no – I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I just want it all to happen. Yeah. So I don't care what I look like. I don't care what you look like. I just want it all to – I'm in. You know what I mean? I'm in the zone. I don't well, think about nothing anymore. That's
2: fantastic because I, I – It would, took a lot of work. Yeah, because I, – like I had a lot to of, suck
0: a lot of dicks <laughs> to get past that.
2: <laughs> like a lot of the um, guys that I've been with – I haven't been with a lot of guys actually, but like – um my biggest complaint used to be like you're so quiet during sex. Like it's, it's horny for me to hear you yeah, grunting yeah. and making noises, like reassuring me that you're feeling good. Mm, like that yeah, is yeah. that's part of the turn on. And a lot of them, are like, I, I don't know. Like I just, like you're, like I'm supposed to be stoic,
0: you know. Yeah, and I was yeah.
2: like, we're f- we're yeah. s- we're having, we're yeah. doing the grown up. I'm, I'm, I'm way I, louder.
0: I'm way louder now.
2: I'm, I'm trying not to curse.
0: both for both people. <laughs> or, all yeah. p- for all people, I should say. Yeah. So you're, you're an adult entertainer who retires. Yeah. And then, like, you're very smart and, v- like, you do a lot of stuff, not just yeah, comedy, but you, like, wrote scripts. And yeah. I mean, you're, I didn't even, I followed you on TikTok and even forgot you were even on the show. I was just like, man, this chick is, f- like, has a lot of <laughs> information and, and, and a lot of entertaining stuff.
2: Oh, thank you. I,
0: like, without thinking you were ever coming back on here, I was just like, wow. I, I, I think I've met you before. I'm, I swear I hit my head that much. It's no, I know it's, I know you. And then when you text me, your number's in my phone. I'm like, I definitely know her.
2: Yeah. Because
0: it's in my phone. Yeah. But I'm just more of a, a f- I was a fan of your TikTok. Thank as a you. of recent.
2: I love that. I like that I you have
0: remember. all these things about history because obviously yeah. I go to school and I'm like, oh, wow. Cool. I'm a huge, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. I'm a huge history buff. So Are you I good have- in school? yeah i was pretty good
0: (laughs) what (laughs) makes you go down the road of adult entertainment when
2: um so it's kind of like a coming of age story but so i i uh grew up really poor um but i came from a family that had sort of like ambitions for me you know wanted me to do really well and i was just always taught education 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 like we're poor that's like the only way you're gonna get out right especially because you're a girl so it's like that's what's on the table. So I really applied myself in school and everything. I was just very focused on like, I just, I have to get a scholarship. Like I, like I have, there's no way I can pay for it by myself. Like, so I was really focused in school, but it wasn't because I loved learning. It was because I was like, this is survival. (laughs) Like I have to get in and I have to do something. And when I got into college, I was like, I'm going to study psychology. And my mom was like, no, you need to major in English. You're a really good writer. And I was an artist when I was a kid, and, like, I was not encouraged. And I know we're poor, and I know it's hard, but, like, you have to. Like, you have to be an artist. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to watch you go through not having that. So I did that, and then um, I got scholarships and grants, and I got the school I went to um, paid for me to go to graduate school mm. in um, creative writing poetry. Yeah. Um, but it was a free master's degree. So I I was like, who am I to turn that down? Like I don't have a bunch going on. So I went, I was an ESL tutor. I was a teaching associate. Like I was doing the thing you do in grad school um, and working on my thesis. And then it was like, I was ABT, all but thesis. That was like all I had left to do. And it was one afternoon and it was late in the afternoon. So school was pretty much let out. And I was just walking down the hall of the English department and, you know, it's just doors on either side of the hallway and most of them are open to the teacher's offices. And there are like these sort of, they're not cubicles, but they're these, you know, they're not huge expansive. They're like these kind of cramped things and they're cramped in there with like all their books and filing cabinets and their computer shit. And they're just like in there like grading like just these stacks of papers that they've gotten from like you know, these sections that are like 200 students, 300 students, right? So they got they they have to go. And as I was walking down the hall, it was like, it was something out of a movie as I was walking down the hall and I'm peeking into each office. And these are all professors I really care about. And I really respect and they're brilliant. And I just realizing like, Oh, this is your life. If you go down this path, like ultimately, your day-to-day life is you're sitting alone in a cramped office, like grading student papers, and then occasionally writing a paper yourself that only other people that are like highly trained in this very specific niche are ever even going to read, right, yeah. and, and that's the reality of what the job is. Yeah. Aside, Because I was professor status, I came from dirt poor. Yeah. All, all I wanted was status. <laughs> I like, yeah. just wanted it so badly. Yeah. and so
1: and in the movie, there's like the lecture and well, like
2: in the movie, it was it was like like out of a movie because I like walked down the hall and then I just like walked out of the building, got in my car, and never came back. So I never finished all but thesis. So I have my masters, but it's ABT all but thesis. So it's it's kind of useless. So but does... it's like a cool thing I can say that I went sure? and studied, but like I couldn't go get work with it unless I went and finished that part of it. But at this point, I I mean, it's like whatever. But so um, I walked out and what I knew was that I had done my job. I had been a very good student. I had gotten my degrees. I had that thing that my mom wanted, right? Like I had achieved that thing. I had an education and I had no college debt. Because I'd had everything paid for through scholarships, grants, things like that. And I just went home and I was like, what the, like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, I just knew, and all I knew was not that.
0: I'm so intrigued as to how this adult entertainment pops in there from the rest of the. So, was there another like stepping stone before yeah, that? Yeah, okay. So, so I Because mean, you modeled when you were young, right? Didn't you win?
2: I, I was Miss Junior High in Tropics <laughs> when I was 12. 12. Um, I have to admit, I thought about it later and I was like, oh, I think I was actually first runner up and it was regional. So I don't want people to think I'm trying to claim a stolen valor, but. But you
0: were modeling when you were little. Um.
2: Yeah. Like so I, you were
0: in a world of dudes eyeballing you at yeah, a very young age. Do you yeah, think that was I mean, part I, of it?
2: I, I, I always had. Do you think that my, was healthy? Looking back, I just always got a lot of attention,
0: and for being I, pretty,
2: yeah. And I didn't like it, so you um, didn't like it. So the first thing I did when I was like fourteen or fifteen, I had this long, curly, like red blonde hair, and I cut it chin length and dyed it black. And like, I just didn't want to be, I wore really heavy makeup, like goth stuff. Like, I just didn't want to be perceived sexually. And the men that tended to be doing it were men in their 30s and 40s. And I'm like 12, 13, 14. Like, this wasn't like other kids. I didn't care if other kids thought I was attractive, because that's who's supposed to find you attractive, right, is your peers. but. The intention made me uncomfortable, but I knew it was there, Yeah. right? And I knew that it was kind of like this check that I could cash if I ever wanted to. Mm. Um, And when I left school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but a friend of mine was like, you should model at the time I had like blue hair and a bunch of piercings. And she was like, I hear that they pay money for, you know, suicide girls. And there's this other site, God's girls. And maybe what you could do is do some modeling um get naked and i had already done like art modeling and stuff like that so like i i was always very comfortable being naked i never had any judgments about it Hmm. um and she was like maybe you could take that money you could like backpack around europe for a couple months and like figure it the fuck out man yeah and so um i submitted to god's girls and suicide girls god's girls was like a suicide girls competitor but it was was similar thing and this is this is not like penetration or spreads i mean this is like very tame very artsy, a lot of it's self-shot, right? Like, like, but just for context, like this is very soft core, like mm-hmm. not adult yet. Like this is this is kind of like on the edge. It's like artsy yeah. modeling.
1: It was perceived as very much like punk rock, indie. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's like look how rebellious they're naked, right? Um, and the photographer that was assigned to shoot me was in New York, and what I found out later is he had seen my submission photos. And fell in love. And so even though I was supposed to be shot by an L.A.-based photographer, he had asked for the gig and had paid for my plane ticket. I didn't know that. So all I knew was that I was assigned to this New York guy and they were going to fly me out.
1: Hey, Tully, your face looks really good today. Thank you for noticing. I did run my brand new Harry's razor over my face. Shaving always makes me feel good, Michael. Why is that? Think I've got hair that
0: comes out gray and it makes me feel like I'm gonna die soon. Right. So if I shave it off, I can conceal the lie that it's all over.
1: Right. You can not have to face your imminent mortality. Yeah. Thanks yep. to Harry's razors. Real talk. You've known me for the better part of twenty years. You've probably seen me shave about three times. You know why?
0: Yeah. No. I. You. It irritated
1: you. Or something, I right? hated yeah. shading until this very morning when I look at this. Oh, yeah. Well, you actually did. Do I that. did. Wait, I wasn't? I know you weren't. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Will you check it? Look at this bad boy. Yeah. I didn't even know I could get a handlebar. Dude, you look. This is a good look for you. Crazy, huh? Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Harrys. It's not just us who love Harrys. They have incredible customer satisfaction and. You out there have got nothing to lose because they offer a no-risk trial. Get your best shave ever this summer. You got your razor. You got your lotion. You got your exfoliating cream. What don't they have for your face? Get your best shave with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get
0: $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com ellis. That's harrys.com ellis for a $3 starter set.
2: I out I met him and I like fell in love immediately. He was like 6'2", half Filipino, half How white. How old are you? Like, huh? How old were you? I was like 29. Okay. And so uh, anyway, like he shot me a bunch and then I started getting shot by all of these big photographers in New York. So mm-hmm. like George Pitts and Ken Walter and um, Keith Major and like just a bunch of like Guys that get tash in books, like that kind of like high end, very whatever. Um, and while I was doing that, uh, I got really tired of being poor because we were living in New York City and we were sort of like he was doing headshots. I was retouching and editing the photos like, we, you know, like we were hustling. We were doing the hustle that you do when you're like young and in love. Um, and uh, I got scouted on Twitter. Um, I had done. I was friends with a performer named Jessie Lee, mm-hmm. who's a Burning Angel model. Sure, And she'd been in a really bad car accident and she'd gotten a, a really bad brain injury. And we decided to throw a fundraiser for her. So we got all of our photographer friends to donate prints and we started doing these pop-up shows at little bars in New York and Brooklyn mm-hmm. um, where people could pay 20 bucks and pull something off the wall and take it home. And people really loved it. I mean, we Wasn't sold out not she another everything. car
0: crash recently?
2: Um. May, she might have. I, I, I'm not in touch with her anymore. But so um, she did. It,
0: she broke her jaw real bad. Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah. I think I did see like a TikTok or Man, Instagram. Man, now though. that I. Yeah. I
0: don't know that well, but to know that.
2: To yeah. To
0: this one's really bad. Like her face has changed, and she has to have more surgeries to make it normal oh. again. And to oh. know that she already had one. Yeah.
2: And but like this oh, one God. is like she had a like a traumatic brain injury, but it did mm. so well that we did like another one in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so at the Los Angeles one I met, there were a bunch of porn people there because yeah. it was LA. So um, all these people came out. Um, I met a bunch of people and I wasn't supposed to host it because at the time I was, I was I had stage fright issues and stuff, which is why it took me so long to do stand-up. But there'd been this big snowstorm in New York. And so my boyfriend and my girlfriend were she was a burlesque dancer were stranded in New York and so they were like listen you just got to do it and so it was like I was terrified because I had to like get a microphone and put my big girl pants on and like sell some art but luckily it was about Jesse it wasn't about me so I was able to rally and kind of pull it out but um some people there were really impressed with me and so later on social media they triangulated with this director that directed like feminist porn stuff and they were like you've got to You've got to, like, meet this girl. Like, she's pretty great. And she slid into my DMs, and she was like, "Is are you the same girl that's tweeting, like, the Nietzsche quotes or something? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, so that's your picture. And I was like, yeah. Um, And she was like, I'd like to write a movie around you, and we I'd get you paid, and I'd try to get you set up as, like, a contract girl for the company I work for. And I just kind of looked at my boyfriend at the time, and I was like, look, I'm so tired of being poor. And, like, I really – want to do something a porn movie yeah right. it would be like a girl girl film girl girl but like only. a lot of money for it and she was offering i was getting uh, way above the standard rate yeah. for girl girl for for that and so that's how i started and i i honestly thought i would do like one movie make some cash and then we'd figure it out and um i just ended up being a pretty well received uh lesbian performer like that's a very unique kind of niche and they have a very the audience is very particular about what they like and you know for turns out that for a lot of them i was ticking all the boxes they wanted like no tattoos uh minimal makeup i no surgery no like fake anything like like that was very much kind of the brand of what they like
1: yeah now i'm curious when you say the audience for lesbian porn is that lesbians? No. Right. Yeah. Okay, no, no. Right.
2: I mean, there are lesbians that watch lesbian porn, but the lesbian porn they watch is real lesbian porn yeah. that's directed by lesbians right. and stars actual lesbians, and that's an even smaller niche down. Um, but the majority of people that watch girl-girl porn are men that um, don't want to see penises. They don't want to think about whether or not the girl's being exploited or if she's not having a good time where I think they feel like if they're watching girl, girl, they can feel pretty assured that like the girl's enjoying herself and she's not being like humiliated or degraded in any way. So it tends to be appealing to a kind of person that might have some sort of hangups around boy, girl stuff and just they're not able to let go of the idea that like, is she, is she being trafficked? (laughs) Like, is she okay? those guys, they just feel more comfortable if they can throw in a girl-girl scene and they just feel like everyone's having a good time. Yep. It's just girls having a sleepover, you know what I mean? So, so
0: inevitably, they're offering you a lot of money to do guy-girl, right? Because that's kind of how it goes. They keep pushing you to... I mean,
2: yeah, but I, I mean... You didn't do that? I eventually did boy-girl, like... I was girl-girl only from like 2011 to... 11 to like 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I did like a hand, like maybe 10 scenes. Um, and then I retired for a little bit because I was going through like mental health stuff. And my girlfriend. Nothing to
0: do with working in the industry.
2: A little bit, but it was more, I don't know how to explain it, but one day I woke up and had body dysmorphia. And that's the only way I can explain it. It's like one day I was fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And totally okay being naked, totally loved the way I looked. Mm -hmm. And then it just felt like one day I woke up and I felt like I looked disgusting. I looked fat, I looked gross, I looked bad. And it would really, it was like affecting my performances. Like mm. I just got really closed off when I would be on set. I would feel just so insecure. And I'd get on set and I'd think that everyone was looking at me thinking, like, why has she been hired? Like she's so ugly. She's so fat, you know? How and, does this- And happen? I don't know, I don't know like where it came from, but man, it came on like like it was yeah. like a it was like day and night. And one day I was driving to set and I started having a panic attack on the freeway and I called, called my girlfriend, I said, I'm, I'm really having a panic attack, she's like, pull over, just pull over and tell me where you're at. And then you know, her and her friend drove and, and got me um, and I couldn't explain what had happened. And then it was like the next day, it wasn't even for work, I was trying to get dressed for a party we were going to and I, I couldn't fit the pants the way I wanted to and I just started to have like a meltdown, and I was like sobbing. And it was the first time that my girlfriend saw, saw me, going through that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I don't know what's going on, but like you've got to take a break from the industry. Like, I don't feel comfortable letting you go off to work and be like for so her. so vulnerable yeah. when you're in this emotional state. Yeah. Like, and so That's I retired. Rare. I retired for a bit, and um, but you came back. Well, me and her broke up. And we had been living on her paycheck and my kind of occasional solo OnlyFans stuff. And so um, I had to jump back into work. But this time when I jumped back into work, I was far more focused on leveraging myself into the next thing. So I had already been doing stand-up. I started doing stand-up in 2015. So I'd already been doing stand-up. I'd gone on that kind of cross-country tour with Aulia Janine. Um, I had opened for Mark Marin for... I had. Big J Okerson, like you know, like I kind of I I I was working a lot. Like I was, I did like 200 sets in like a year. You know what I mean? Like I was really focused on just like nose to the grindstone. I'm just gonna get really fucking good at this thing. Um, But when I went back, I was just like, I don't want to grow old in this industry. In terms of like, I don't want this to be my career. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just not set out for it. There are people that this is their career and they're so good at it. And like that, like that's what they should be doing. And they're, they're entrepreneurs and they're millionaires right now. Um, But I just was a lot more focused on like, you've got to leverage this to the next thing. And so I did go back to work and I saved all the money and I was just actively like, letting everyone know i was available for writing work for this for that and then i got hit up by mel magazine which is kind of it was the editors from details and gq i think had Mm -hmm. gotten together to create their own men's lifestyle magazine but it was more for millennials and gen x so it was a little more open about like queerness sexuality things like that there was like so it allowed for that and they wanted to have a sex work beat like and it was kind of i'd never heard of a magazine having a beat just for sex work before, but mm. I thought it was about time. It was kind of a response to how OnlyFans really mainstreamed adult entertainment, you know? Because okay. three million creators signed up during the pandemic—that's three million brand new sex workers, right? So it's a pretty significant shift in the industry. Yep. And so I got that, and then almost immediately, um, a producer named Peter Berg slid into my DMs and asked if I wanted to write for TV. And I had a I had a pilot on deck. And so it was like a 30 minute scripted comedy series based on my life and sent it over and he liked it. We shopped, we like drafted a little bit and then he had a first look deal with a a streaming service. Um, I signed an NDA, so I don't know like how much I can really say, but like Mm. um, they bought it. Mm. We went into development. I mean, it, it happened like as soon as I made the decision to like retire from adult and be like, okay, like. I am doing something else. It was like immediately.
0: Hey, you I need to stop this show for an important announcement. Yeah. I have a phone
1: case and charger from Nomad Goods remember nomad of course i do our old friends yeah we actually know the guy we do going way back and we are both uh we're happy to have them sponsoring the show because we both use nomad goods. you see this this rugged weathered this is like uh what's that guy sam the guy who plays sam elliott the guy who plays the cowboy and everything yeah this is the sam elliott's face of of phone cases. I the, got a
0: black case because I'm like John Wick, and look, I got a black pen yeah. they're making. I could stab you, kill people with an FN pen.
1: You sure can. So. And we got, a, we got a a great box of Nomad stuff here. I'm yeah. looking at a 30-watt USB-C charger. I got a gang of these at the house. Never yeah, Nomad has them. the
0: best phone chart. Like, they got a one where your phone sits on it. It's mm-hmm. just way... It's like, I didn't really... I'm lazy. I get, like, the one that you get at 7-Eleven. But now... I was like, oh, man, that was really stupid my whole life just getting the jank when I could get Nomad products.
1: That's right. For iPhone cases, Apple Watch straps, wireless chargers, ultra-durable cables. Mine have been ultra-durable several years and running. They asked me if I wanted more. I was like, honestly, I'm good. The one you sent me last time, still working just fine. Thanks anyway, Nomad. Keep doing what you're doing. Nomad uses American leather. And Nomad is a climate-neutral certified brand.
0: Check out Nomad at nomadgoods.com slash ellis to see what living the Nomad life is all about. That's
1: N-O-M-A-D, nomadgoods, G-O-O-D-S dot com slash ellis. Be sure to use code ellis to save 10% on your first order. Thanks, Nomad. You retired before you
0: got the deal. Yeah. So there was a second there where you were like... Scared. Yeah.
2: Terrified. Yeah. I'm still terrified. But yeah. I, I'm terrified in a different way, you know. Yeah. Um, I was sitting, I was sitting in a dinner at a fancy, like Beverly Hills place. I mean, the kind of place that has special private rooms and you know, white tablecloths and all that stuff. And like, I grew up. We didn't have running water, or a, a, we used an outhouse till I was like 12 years old. Mm. Like dirt poor. In, like like in, literally in, in dirt fr- poor in the Fresno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow it's a lot of it is still very rural farmland, things like that. And it was in really kind of undeveloped. It's more developed now, but it was in really kind of undeveloped area. And my adoptive father had like built his own house on the property and like built all these other things and was kind of a weird off the grid sort of hippie kind of Mm. persona. So there was just like, we cooked everything and heated all the water on a stove. Um, There was a, sort of like an outhouse. It wasn't quite an outhouse because there was an actual toilet, but it didn't flush. And it was like, it had been set up as like an outhouse that you had to kind of like leave the house in, in the middle of the night, yeah. and like, go, like a scary showers in the morning. Like I, there was a sprinkler attachment on like a cold water hose and like I would just get hosed off in the morning. And <laughs> like, so I mean, to grow up from that and then be sitting in a room in like Beverly Hills with executives that are in charge of millions and millions of dollars. Yeah it was terrifying because I didn't know like how to behave. And I really only had Peter to kind of, he was, Peter is such a good mentor. Like he's so amazing. I, I, my gratitude for him is is like unparalleled. He's just, he's just gold. And he was so good. He was just right there for me, like holding my hand through the whole thing and encouraging me and, and just, giving me little tips and tricks and like things to do and I told him I wanted his job and so he would sit there and tell me exactly what his strategy was and like this is how I'm doing it and this is why this is how I'm dealing with this person and this is why like he was so open with that Mm -hmm. um and so yeah but like it was it was really scary but it was awesome they bought they ended up like I I opened for Mark and they had said they were going to come to the show and I was like they're not coming to the show they're executives and then I got done with my set and I went and sat down in the audience and I turned to my left and they were sitting right there and I was like, "Oh my god, you guys came?" and they're like, "Yeah, like th- th- you were fantastic." Oh my god. And like it just blew my mind, mm-hmm. you know, and and I felt every step of the process, I made sure to try to like remember it and enjoy it cuz I every step of the process, I was like, this could end at any minute. Like this could be as far as it goes, and so I want to make sure I'm having fun the whole time, mm-hmm. but like got to do a table read with like Peter Berg reading the part of one of my characters and Mark Maron came in and read the part of like some of the other characters. Like there was so many really amazing things that happened that, mm. I mean, I'm just like so grateful for. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, I guess that's like how I <laughs> went from porn to.
0: So what, what happens, how do you decide to do all this TikTok history stuff?
2: Um, I had had a podcast for about three years ago. What was I, that about? It was a history podcast. Oh, and okay. so it's the same podcast. It's called Ill Repute. Um, and it tends to focus on women with bad reputations yep. and kind of delving into that because I just felt like it was an underserved market. And um, when I'd been writing books and stuff like that, like I just had a passion for history. But I, I kept finding out about really interesting women that I just never heard of that had mm. done like really baller shit. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want like more hoes to know these stories <laughs> because yeah. especially with hoes, You know, there's a lot of internalized hatred, like internalized whorephobia, and there's a lot of stigma, and I wanted to create a show that could show other hoes, like, you come from, like, a long line of bad bitches. Mm. They have come before you. They have changed the law. They, you know, Lizzie Lape helped create women's... uh, Property rights. When during divorce, she owned a chain of brothels, and like there are just so many women that lived kind of on the edge, or you know, were stigmatized in some way that really did groundbreaking stuff. And so I I wanted a way to present that to like other hoes, and the show has become like more popular despite my original intention being this very narrow audience, Mm -hmm. because it turns out that more than just hoes are are really interested in this stuff and yeah. i, I no, just no, got no, what, an email today from a dude that was like these were your best and funniest lines in the story about hedy lamar when you said that nothing the hardest job in the world is pretending to find a man interesting that fucking hurt and i was like it was just so cute i'm like oh my gosh a boy yeah. A boy is listening to the show and he's enjoying it and he's not feeling uh, alienated yeah um but so when the pandemic happened that the show got paused and my co-host at the time was a girl named Susie q james who um was had an a column at the san francisco chronicle the horn next door was in the industry was very openly like a a sex worker like Mm -hmm. an escort um she was great she was like the the queer liaison for the aclu you know stuff like that just like pretty pretty cool pretty cool chick and um but, you know, the pandemic happened, it just got really hard to, it, we all thought we were dying, so it just didn't seem very important to, like, kind of keep it going. Yeah, it was like, because it was right at the beginning when it was like, I don't even know, like, are we, is this the Titanic? Like, what are we doing here? Should should we be not doing this and, like, spending time with our families? Like, um, but so during the writer strike, I realized, even though I was baby in the industry, like, it was kind of weird because it's like I got into the WGA, like the union, and then immediately went on strike. And I was like, this is the kind of energy I bring to a project. Let's quit. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but so when that happened, I was like, I want to revitalize the podcast. And my best friend, Ella Darling, um, she she's uh, in the VR porn sphere. She um, was the first VR cam girl, and she invented the software for VR webcamming. What? What? Yeah, Ella Darling. She's she's she invented she's the software. So, she's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like she's so cool. Um, so I hit she her rich up. now. No, I mean what's that like, about? Because tech is tech, uh, and you know. Yeah. But she like she's had lucrative jobs. Like yeah. she she's she's not in front of the camera anymore. Like like that. She was like the CMO of one, like chief marketing officer of one thing stuff like that Mm. so like she's had lucrative and continues to have lucrative work but on the back end of of tech where tech and pleasure collide is kind of her wheelhouse okay because she's just a nerd she's just very stem nerd girl um but i hit her up and i was like do you want to because Susie was like she's like a producer over at adult time now she's busy and i was like do you want to do this. And she was like, yeah, like I I really do. I loved that show. I loved it so much. And then my brother was, had moved in with me during the pandemic uh, and he was like, let me, he's an editor and he does all this stuff. He was like, oh my God, I want to produce the show because I hated the way it was produced before. And I was like, what was wrong? He's like, the the audio? No, I just, I can't. (laughs) And so we got together and we just, we started doing it like a TV show almost where we got together and we were like, all right, this season... These are the stories we're going to cover. We're like we're going to write scripts. We're going to come in and, it's and a like, lot of do work. the thing. It's it is a lot of work, but like I love it. I love it, and I love it so much. That's because, probably
0: why you're good at it. That usually goes hand in hand.
2: Yeah, and, and like just the 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 messages I get from women. Like my favorite review on. On the podcast is this woman going like as a woman of ill repute myself like I love this show and it's like replaced true crime and everything else for me in terms of just I love learning about this stuff those comments like that's what I love to to hear is just I I just want this really stigmatized group of people which is hoes like we face so much you know banks will not bank with us if your landlord finds out you do this job, you can be, you can lose your apartment um, the way, like anytime I go on a show, say like this, or when I went on WTF or things like that, um, a huge response will just be like Reddit threads and, and comments on Twitter, just talking about like, she's a dumb whore and it's all because the porn, it's like, they just can't, they can't see past it and living with that stigma like it really sucks it's hard and like that's whenever girls ask me about advice about getting in the industry i usually tell them that unless they're they're willing to make it like a full-time 40 hour a week job on onlyfans that um there's just no way to con- to conceptualize how bad the stigma is until you until it happens to you and like and like it's just it is what it is, and and it just enters like every aspect of your life. Yep. And so I I want to do the podcast like one just to be like, hey, like you can be a hoe and you can be interested in other things and you can have insights. And I also thought that I feel like having been a hoe, a lot of times when we're talking about historical things, like we have a different point of view because we've been we've been in the shit, yeah. so we know how people really work.
1: What's a for example there?
2: Um. When people, when the Jeffrey Epstein thing happened um, and I pointed out that I was like, well, how do you think that he or Donald Trump like knew where to find prostitutes? Like you think they were like walking down the street or
1: modeling agencies, right? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, where do you think some of that, all those legal brothels that are in Russia and in, uh, in Asia, like what are those funded by? Right? It's like, where does that where's that money being hidden? And what was Jeffrey Epstein? He was like a, a hedge fund manager. He was money market manager. Know. Like a lot of millionaires' investment portfolios have little Easter eggs Ugh. where they're, you know, and that and that, I don't I'm not saying that from like I've seen the papers. I'm saying that as someone that's worked in the sex industry. I'm like, uh Jeffrey Epstein, his personal peccadillo, right? was teenage girls giving him a massage. That was his personal one. But that guy absolutely had access to all of it. And that's what people don't realize is, so the the big sex trafficking panic is that it's pimps on the street or pimps using Backpage and trafficking vulnerable young girls. And listen, sex trafficking does happen, right? But notice that every time a ring gets busted, Who is it? Is it a pimp on a street corner or is it a wealthy white billionaire or man that has a lot of social currency, currency currency, or political currency? That's who the real pimps are, right? right? And they're running a very smooth machine, right? And like, so that would be an example of something where that just comes from the experience of knowing how people work and how this all works, you know?
0: Right, because it seems like even the, they have like, you know, authorities or government officials tracking down these people and then turns out those people were in on it as well. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, that makes a lot of sense because how do you not just bring that down? How do I, how it's like, hey man, these guys are doing this. How does it pop up again?
1: Yeah, like, and, and how is it, how can you run a business where the average customer can find it, but law enforcement can't? Right, yeah. I mean, what's mm-hmm. the one with the,
0: I'm not gonna I feel like I'll get in trouble but there's like a thing with underage children and there's a group that at one point we even gonna be on the show and it turns out one of those guys was part of it and then yeah. another guy that worked with him was also a part of this yeah. thing and' I'm, and I'm like well I I don't know I didn't see so I can't say and that's why I'm not trying to say names or anything but if it keeps going, and these people are dedicated to busting them, but for some reason they keep existing—if not flourishing—yeah. H- how how is it? Like you guys are doing it, you're done, but they're not. They're never they're never done. It's still if they still are being stolen and sold around the world, but yeah. there's like government official government organizations that are busting these guys. But the but the ratio of like it dropping, it hasn't.
2: I mean, there's like. I I'm I don't know about like Taryn Manning and the Golden Juice or whatever that meme was. Like, like you saw that like she went on like Whitney's show and was like, you were never offered the like the gold juice. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't want to say like that. And I know that like, okay, so part of it is this weird hypernormalization, right? We see it in movies so much that we're like, oh, but that's not real. That or, happens in movies. Yeah. But the the thing is, is that men um in power seem to have certain vulnerabilities and it comes with sex stuff and I think part of it has to do with like when you can have any kind of sex you want whenever then what will start to happen over time is like a constant need to like up the ante to increase the adrenaline the uh, the state of arousal which will start leading people down these dark paths towards stuff that just gets weirder and weirder and more morally and ethically fucked up and I guess if it hasn't happened to you, maybe you
0: can separate yourself. But as I'm a guy, I'm a dog. I think about it all the time. Not underage. I think about having sex with people a lot. Right. And if you don't want to do it, I'm more grossed out than you are. Trust me. And I think that I always thought everybody was the same. But the older I get. I think they
2: are. I think they are. Seems
0: like there's a lot of people that are okay with it as long as they get it.
2: Well, I think that people that pursue positions in politics, not This is a huge generalization, but I think that people that tend to pursue power, right? Their internal, their compass is already not going due north. Like their compass is already off. Yeah. Right. And so they're probably more likely gonna be interested in non-consensual or power dynamic type scenarios. And that's a vulnerability. And a lot of these people that are doing the trafficking have no interest themselves in like underage girls or anything like that, but they can provide them. And then that creates a vulnerability in the person that's been provided the service because now you have stuff on them. Now people, when they hear that, they're like, that's like out of the movies. I'm like, sometimes the shit you see in movies is stuff that like it happens. And like, and cause I was on TikTok and someone, they had just like, this guy that was in a government position had just been outed for, you know, trafficking, and and the guy was like, "Why is it that these stories are never bigger?" And I I was like, "Because it it doesn't fit the narrative, and they don't want you to see it."
0: Yeah, what if you know? What's a blame Maxwell lady like? Why is there no list? Right. Like she's in jail, right? Yeah. Where's the list? Why don't we talk about it? Exactly. Why does it like? like and my show is little, so it's not going to do anything, but why isn't somebody real big that has millions of people listen every day saying that? Yeah. Like, where is that? Like, just no, there is no list. Or she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess you don't know what we're talking about. Doesn't seem, seems like there is a list. Yeah. And people have stopped that list from existing and the only people that I, that can stop something like that from happening are very powerful. Yeah. So it's almost like a bunch of really powerful people totally know what's going on there, and they are uh, take they are protected. Yeah. It is yeah. never going to come out.
2: Well, and I think too, it's it just goes back to that thing that you know this idea of Republicans and Democrats or Libertarians or Liberals is I. F- just a theory, but I have a feeling that once we get up into the place where people are like holding office, Mm -hmm. like they're all the same. Like they're all, they're all true goal of all of them is just to acquire more of the power, Mm -hmm. right? And so in a lot of ways, they're actually friends, you know what I mean? And they are looking out for each other because everybody has shit, you know? I mean, because I think that that's a full-time job probably in Washington, is just ne- like negotiating like who has the worst shit. Cause like everybody because someone's telling me about like the process to be um nominated uh, or to be accepted as like a presidential nominee is like there's a huge vetting process. Yeah. Where they That's good to know. Yeah. Like the FBI, <laughs> like, like they go in. I mean, they just literally they dig through like everything. Yeah. They call every person you've ever known and then they get a dossier together of like, okay, like here's all the bad shit about you. Like, it's all going to come out and be a headline. Like, do you want to do that? And then they look at it and they're like, do we want to do Do we think you're going to survive that? So like Bernie Sanders, like wrote some kind of legal document in like the 70s. Like it was around like a court decision, but it it could be interpreted as as basically like rape apology. Like it, it could be interpreted that way. Yeah. And people have said that that's why he's never had like the Democratic nomination kind of thing is because like that if that kind of became came to the forefront, it would it would just be really horrible. Like it would like because looking at it through like today's lens, you know, like a lawyer has a job to do like their job is to defend their client as best they can regardless of what they think of the client right like that's that's their sworn oath that that's their job right mm-hmm. is the most vigorous defense possible cuz you want when someone's found guilty for that guilty verdict to be as as um un, like undeniable as possible so but if you put that le- that legal filing or whatever it was that it, that it came from in front of an audience in like 2023, I mean, I think a lot of Gen Z people would find it like really
1: yeah. a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, intelligence agencies need to know where the person's compromised because you need to know where their vulnerability is. It's, you yeah. know, the reason why they have to protect the families of the yeah. candidates as well as themselves is because if Russia tried to compromise them to the family, that would be big trouble. But yeah. like, um, I'll try to keep this as bipartisan partisan as I <laughs> yeah. can. Both Donald Trump and Bill Clinton pick two examples yeah. are compromised oh all over gosh, the F yeah. place and both of them managed to run for president yeah and whatever whatever they got on Bernie, I guarantee you they got ten times as much on you know well there's yeah. this one girl that says one time in this bar in Arkansas you blah 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 there's a lot more of that yeah. on Bill Clinton than there would ever it was be yeah. possible
0: that you are allowed into it because you, we do have something on you and without it we can't we can't you. trust you
2: yeah I think that's I think a lot of the sex trafficking stuff like probably has more to do with that. Like, it may very well be a situation where someone's provided with a sex worker that they are not told is underage. Yeah. And then, like, after the fact, right? Yeah. So And now they've got you. Yeah, like, that stuff happens all the time. And I know it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but, like, some conspiracies are real. (laughs) And it's not so much a conspiracy theory. It's just sort of, like, the way things work.
0: It's not that crazy there, to you know? think about it like you know like you set up you know somebody's young, you didn't come from anything and it's like this big thing, and everyone's giving you things and cars and vacations or whatever and hey, do you want to have sex with these ladies and you and you do you're drunk or yeah. they gave you drugs or I don't yeah. know whatever it is you you're caught up in it, and you didn't ask the person how old they were i mean i I don't know i i i I've I've been abused, so it's I can't do it. Like I can't. If you're young, I'm like ah. If you're dumb, I'm like ah. But that that's my issue, and I think it's probably saved me a couple times because I am a walking boner. But I know a lot of guys that are like, man, you see, so, and I'm like,
2: yeah. But what do like, you mean, see that? But that tells also, me everyone would you're do like it. Also, like a slut. So there's there's <laughs> okay. Like they're okay. <laughs> there's there's normal people, mm-hmm. and they're full of like weird repressions. And self-loathing and they self-flagellating, like hating themselves. Yeah. Um, like they hate their boners, they're ashamed of their pussies, they're you know, they're they're just like sex for them is like a weird kind of it's a thing that is just like never quite dealt with and yeah. it's something that they're whatever. Okay, then there's like sluts. So we're people that like to fuck, right? Yeah. Like like all of it. Uh the smells, the the seduction, the pursuit, the aftercare, the the crazy, like, like we like, like, we're like all in. Like, let's, let's go, let's do this. When you have that mentality, um you want a partner that's like equally down to clown. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that's how you're gonna have a good time. You're not gonna have a good time with someone that's not also perverted because the sex is going to be so boring. Yeah. Like, why would you? Why bother? And that's like when I see dudes with like much younger women, I'm like, God, the sex must be horrible. Like, yeah. I just, because girls, when they're younger, like there's like, we're so full of like these kinds of weird insecurities around our bodies and how we look in doggy and like, do, does he, or do my rolls turn them off when I've got my ankles behind my head? Yeah. Like, like girls think really yeah, stupid shit. That. Girls think really stupid <laughs> Stupid shit. And it keeps them really uptight. Yeah. You know, okay. and and it's like, and I just look at that and I'm like, I'm like, how can that be fun, man? Yeah. Like that that person's not like licking your asshole or yeah. sorry, YouTube. <clears throat> no,
1: if you say quiet, YouTube can't hear you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, me. well done. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I barely know what you I'll said. I'm just like,
2: <laughs> um But yeah, like that person's not gonna like give you a rim job and like a golden shower, you know? They're gonna be like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna hurt you. Uh. Ugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> like, I, got, I want to jump in, but I'm yeah. not going to.
2: Do it. No. <laughs> so we got to take it light. We took it dark. We yeah, got like, yeah, we we to bring it up into the light. We yeah. got like,
0: Let's do
1: comedy. Yeah.
2: yeah. All
1: right. Well, uh, real quick, before we've already been doing this for an hour or oh. so, before we wrap this up, speaking of who gets to be president, et cetera, great. et cetera, did you hear that? It uh, remains to be seen exactly how serious he is about it, but Conor McGregor has thrown his hat into the ring to become the president of Ireland.
0: Yeah, okay, president of Ireland, well, <laughs> hell yeah, right. I thought that I thought president of America, yeah. okay, no, but hmm. I I don't I haven't been there. For, wait, have I been there at all? I don't think I even went there once. But <laughs> but take it from me. But take it from me, he would be a great president.
2: <laughs> well, you know who, like, so is are there, it's like president and prime minister are two different <clears throat> things. Oh, is yeah, that Australia is like,
0: a prime minister. Sorry, uh, 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 wait, oh my God, Jason, where have you been? No,
2: because I feel Presidents like- President's
0: America, prime minister's Australia.
2: Well, cause Does that I mean that, Ireland's the same? So I think in Ireland, they have like, a, like the actual prime minister. So I think right now it's that guy Sunak, is that-
1: that's, no, that's England.
2: That's England. Okay, so th- they have one, but then there's also, like, the president of Ireland, who's, like, this really wait, old guy wait, with, like, both? those two dogs.
0: Wait, there's both?
2: I think there's one that's, like, they're more of, like, a symbolic sort of... So, like, the
0: queen and then, like, yeah, the prime minister so, of England?
2: Yeah, so, like, the current, like, president of Ireland, if you look it up, it's, like, this white-haired guy that looks like he stepped out of a fairy tale and he has like these two dogs that are always with him and yeah, like
1: whatever. they roll with him everywhere. Is that, yeah. is, that, Bert, is, is, that, that is that Bertie? Is he as old as Joe Biden? Bertie Ahern?
2: Hmm?
0: Is he as old as Joe Biden?
2: Um, I think so. I think right, cuz I saw Connors kind of,
0: yeah. he's
1: accusing them of being too old. He was incorrect. That's a good angle. He was incorrect on the ages of all three of the people. He's yeah. being of too old. It's not important, Michael. Was, Just look at him. He was in the ballpark. He said that the the three people, which are two political leaders, and then uh, Jerry Adams, who was the leader of the, the IRA, the terrorist organization, the Irish Republican Army, yeah. and then when they- Wait, he's in charge of stuff? Well, they disbanded and gave away their guns and stuff, and he kind of got legit. Because that was always their thing, is they're like, we want to be a legitimate political thing, but yeah. you guys won't take us seriously, so we have to do the terrorist stuff. And it was always the dance of, if you let us be more involved, we'll stop doing the terrorist stuff. Okay. So yeah, in the course of years, I mean, I've still personally have met people in like Boston who are like, oh, being my lawyer boys have sent a lot of money for guns to Jerry Adams. <sighs> so it, it remains to be seen exactly what he was up to and remains up to. Eh. But anyway, he's that guy and he isn't. All three of the people who uh, Conor McGregor identifies as the power brokers of Ireland are in their yeah. 70s.
0: Remember when in a, when I was a kid and I still lived in Australia, the singer of Midnight Oil ran for prime minister? Yeah. Oh, I, he
2: was like super political, right? Like, he wanted he to really... give the
0: land back to the Aborigines. Yeah, no, no, did that work? Did that happen? No, because he didn't yeah. win, but I <laughs> voted for him.
1: Yeah. I wanted I mean, to give it back. Yeah.
0: How can we sleep when our beds are burning? Well, their beds are burning. That's right. How yeah. can we?
2: I mean, how do you? But like, we did. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the land back movement right now. Who the land back movement that's happening right now um, in the United States with native in the United States and Canada with Native American tribes. Who that are, means
0: give that give the land back to them. I mean,
2: I, I need to do how more. How much? Well, I for land back the movement is really more about treaties they already have. Right. And ensuring that those treaties are respected because they're
0: not right now because
2: right now you've got like things like the dakota access pipeline like like when those events would happen those were violations of treaties right Right. so so land right as it is right now is is really more about like just what's already been sectioned off like making sure that that actually stays with the people and they maintain their sovereignty over it and that they have the right to say you know get the hell out and no, you know, like yeah. you can't, you can't run that. And especially the pipelines are a big thing because they're like, it's not when, when they break, they break.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's like, water is literally everything. Um, there was a book written a while ago called the river is in us that just did a study of the pollutants in a river on the East coast that, uh, ran by this reservation. I think it was Mohawk and they started just testing the breast milk of Mohawk women. And uh, the amount of of pollutants that were going into the babies because of oh, the pollution that was the industrial pollution that was happening in this river, and that's a real problem all across Indian country right now. Is just like that land sovereignty. So
0: and they had a treaty and we broke it and we're and we're it's still broken.
2: We've broken every treaty, every single one, every last one. How
0: come they don't legally win?
2: Um, They actually did recently in Oklahoma, I think, if you want to look it up. I think in Oklahoma... Did that um,
0: change anything? Like, did they actually
2: take their stuff away? It was like a pretty big judgment. Okay. Because Oklahoma is where... So the largest uh, reserve is uh, Navajo Nation, which is mostly the desert. But I think the second largest one in the United States, not including um, Canada, um, is in Oklahoma, is... um, like that's Cherokee Nation, Choctaw Nation, Osage Nation, like a bunch. So my family, my grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather were all like born and raised in Choctaw Nation. So like um, there's like – I have like a familial connection. They weren't uh, citizens, but they they lived there and were like good standing in the community. Yeah. Um, uh, they rented a lot of farmland from the Choctaw. But so there's uh, – but that's kind of where everyone ended up getting – Corralled basically uh, during the after the Trail of Tears or throughout the Trail of Tears, and so I feel like in the last couple of years there was a judgment where they did take it to um, like the state supreme court where they were basically saying like you're selling off stuff that's like supposed to be ours. Yeah, and like they won, and it's like supposed to return like a bunch of.
0: But are the is it getting returned?
2: I'm 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 <laughs> right. Okay, so <laughs> it I, seems like I think, I
0: think even when they win, about. they lose.
1: There was a twenty twenty u s Supreme Court ruling defining much of eastern Oklahoma as native as a Native American reservation Congress in the uh three years since then has taken little interest in addressing the issues officials say the court decision has raised so that sounds like they won a they won a decision but not much has changed as a result
2: yeah of it. so that's pretty standard for like how things go so
1: they did make a Native American Barbie. Oh well, then everything's okay. Yeah, they should
0: be pretty happy with that. I mean,
1: the first female oh my. principal chief of two. Cherokee Nation. Her name is Wilma Mankiller. Mankiller. There's some great names. Yeah, well, great that names. was that there was also,
2: her name. They're also really funny names. So, like, there's kind of two ways that it goes with um, like sort of Native naming. Is like some names are really cool. You know, like tall bear, yeah, red cloud, solid. you know? really solid. But I was doing research for this. I, I did a script for a Western, so I had to do a bunch of deep dive search on on Native Americans and the American Indian Wars. So yeah. I got like really deep in there. But also certain tribes have naming conventions where you are named something that is like a joke. So it's to keep you humble. So, <laughs> so but a bunch of these folks... Um, Signed up and were registered as, like, scouts during the wars. And because I'm on Ancestry.com, because I had to do all this research for this biopic I wrote, I found all of these, like, muster rolls for, like, scouts that have names like Little Hermaphrodite or, like... Like, dark cock. Like, there's like really, like, like, these names where they would just be like, they're like sort of. uh, I just did an episode on Olive Oatman, and she was a a settler that ended up living with the Mojave for five years. And their name for her was Spansa, which means rotten pussy.
1: What? That's not nice. Sure know how to lady make a, make a lady feel well. Right? How are you supposed to bounce back from that? Yeah,
2: I I mean I just I feel like like socially the way you know it's like a, a form of social thing of, of like keeping everybody kind of in check. You know like like yeah. it's like and so like I think it, in native cultures someone might have like three different names. You know like your government name the name you were given by an elder and then kind of your funny (laughs) name. Your stinky pussy. But I'm not an, I mean, I'm not an expert. It's just like what I glean from what I do. But I try to stay aware of issues like that just to know kind of what's going on. Yeah. Where we're at.
0: Education seems handy sometimes. (laughs) I miss that.
2: Well, plus there's like a personal connection. Like knowing my my family came uh, from Choctaw Nation and stuff like that, even if they weren't citizens, just like, oh, like. I'm just more interested when I see stories about stuff going on over there. I'm just like, well,
1: what's happening? That's why
0: I I voted for the midnight oil guy. I Forgot his name.
1: Peter. Peter. Or other. Nah, I was gonna say Jackson. I I loved his work in The Hills Have Eyes. Shut up, Michael! (laughs) Leave the guy alone. (laughs) He was very. He was like, I
2: like. I feel like. I remember that video somehow Like, oh it was legendary dance this really intense face. but he and, did like,
0: that he didn't just do it in that video he every song I saw him no I know he that's how he he, he that's how he performed Wherever he, he is right now he's probably doing that. he just did that all day and, and, and he and he, you know what he he had debates on oh, TV yeah and he schooled fools even though I didn't really know what he was saying because I'm not very smart I was just like hell yeah give it back. I don't think anyone, nobody would. Everyone around me was agreeing. I thought. Well, wasn't
2: there recently? Did not? Didn't you guys have another vote about recognizing the Aboriginal?
0: We were real mean to them too.
2: But like, I mean, it was very recent where there was like some kind of vote I wasn't around, there. I around recognizing. Um, it was. It had something to do with like around recognition. Oh, of- the,
1: the 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 kids that were taken from their families in the 60s yeah no
2: no no that's canada that's the 60s scoop but this no, they was, did
1: that in australia too
2: okay so this is an australian it was like it was some there was a big vote and like because all the people i follow that are australian were like make sure to vote this on this and they're all my tiktok is all liberal so um i think they were on the side of like recognizing something and like it was
1: it was a, a referendum yeah Failed. Yeah, sixty percent of Australians voted no in a referendum that asked whether to alter the constitution to recognize Aboriginal people uh, with an with an advisory body that would have advised the Parliament on matters concerning the community. I'm sure that became a football around larger attitudes because yeah. that's such yeah. a specific thing. People wouldn't, yeah. I, of course it matters, but it wouldn't matter all that much. But it, somebody decided that was the law, the line in the sand as a culture, as a society of like, are we giving these people a seat at the table, the table or, or yeah. not? It's tough though, because the
0: community, they we gave them like a car and money for beer and like put them in little areas where all they did was have that car and beer. So that's all we saw. Yeah. And we were like, what's the problem with Aborigines? Why do they drink all the time and don't do anything? Like not understanding their – like how they were ra- – like that. we put them there. We gave – like if we, if you gave that to us, we'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Aborigines, they got problems with, with drugs and alcohol. It's like, no, you gave them nothing and said yeah. you don't have a job. Yeah. But here's a car. You mean like, and, and yeah, you know, so well, it's also
2: just like understimulated because, like, one of the big things in, in Aboriginal culture and Native culture is like certain <clears throat> things around like hunting and get, like there's just certain things that you used to do with your time. Yeah, and you, know? you can't, you can't yeah. do. You're not and, allowed to yeah. hunt like well, they did anyway. Well, or they, or you move, <laughs> you move a tribe to a reserve that's like 300 yeah, miles from where, where their traditional hunting grounds with a completely different flora and fauna and everything and so now they're they have to like figure out how to hunt in this completely new thing with new animals and new whatever and then maybe you've put them on a reserve with a tribe that they are traditionally like enemies with and then like there's so many kind of social problems that crop up where you know people are so separated they can't have the create the community that would in turn create the social ties that would so they're they're under stimulated and, and just yeah like so that's the you were right
0: that's why yeah. we only see that, yeah. you know, because I wasn't there from the from the get go. I didn't know that that was the uh-huh. only option they had. I'm just like, man, if you're Aboriginal, you're an alcoholic. You know, when I was a kid, I would go camping, and every now and then you would go to a little town where they uh, they met all the at a certain time all the pubs and all the shops have metal. It's like 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 Compton or something. like it, they metal grates go across the stores because. They smash the windows and take stuff, and it's like you know I, my parents would be like, "You can't trust them, man." You know that's why, and, and so you're raised to think that Aborigines just steal shit, because and then you know they like a lot of times I would see good cars and they cut the roof off because they fit more people in it, and you'd see them drive by with no roof, and it would always not one, lots of new newish cars with no roof, and it was cut off in a real not professional way, <laughs> like they just ripped it off. Wow. And they're all driving down when they got their cases of beer in the back and it's like that's what they do, you know? You don't you don't know that they were forced into this right. and that if yeah. you were given the same deal, you would be in that car, you would have cut the roof off the same way because that's the only option they've been given.
1: Yeah, if So they just like, if
0: give it back to them. It's like give it back to them. What, so they can cut off the roof of all cars in Australia? That's not what would happen, but that's how – I was raised to be, to believe it. I would. feel
2: like you. Like I mean, I think we were like all raised with terms like Indian giver or things like that. Like there's just so many things that are just down to just like into the vocabulary. Yeah,
0: even that, in, in Indian burns, know. they probably even don't here. Even do yeah, like, yeah, when people, you know, it's like the um, um black people that are on YouTube fighting each other and doing, you know, like running each other over in gas stations or beating the shit out of somebody at McDonald's, and it's like they're crazy. It's like you you don't know where they came from. You don't know what they had. Like they had nothing. Yeah. And and you don't know what it's like to have nothing. Like you do. Yeah, by the was, of your story, like, but your but your but your story, like you're telling me yeah. that story, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I don't I don't know what it's yeah. like to be given water in my cereal. I always had milk. You know what I mean? Even my mom had no money when I was a kid. My mom had milk. You know? Yeah. I was never told Sorry Jason there's no milk today. Sure. We might have been
1: eating rice crunchies instead of rice Krispies, but yeah, at least like, it was milk. Yeah, mm-hmm. like
0: my mummy said a story where she would go, go to the to the uh, store and get 4 and 20 meat pies and she would give me when I was a little baby and she would take the it's a pie pastry take the pastry lid off and she would feed me the mince meat in there. And I remember she would tell that story to people and people were like, "Holy shit, Jace, like you got lucky." You know, like what a what a sad story. And it's like that compared to a lot of people in this country is rich. Like I, I I had a I had a meat pie. All I had a meat pie. I didn't get a nothing. Yeah you know, and it's not like I didn't get it. And I got it, that was like for a year or two. I don't even remember it. I just based off my mum telling that story. I didn't I wasn't from baby to like 15, like, I am hungry. And my parents are like, we don't have any food again. Over and over again. You can't, I can't, I'm saying it, but I can't be it. I can't really imagine what it's like to just have no food every day. Am I gonna be pissed? Hell yeah, I'm gonna be, am I gonna take some stuff if you're not looking? Hell yeah, I'm starving and I've been starving my whole life. I'm pissed. We can't understand that because we haven't lived it.
2: Well, and I think, you know, like in the neighborhoods that I grew up in, I mean, I knew lots of kids that were shot killed um gangs um just uh, almost almost all of them if they're not in prison right now like did time um like and there's just something when you're living in conditions like that you, you just the overwhelming lesson is like that the world is hostile and unfair right and there's no right or wrong as long as you're playing the game.
0: It's like being in prison, man. Yeah. Like, if you're in prison for long enough, you know, if anybody steps to you in any kind of way, even if it doesn't really annoy you, you have to beat that person's ass. Like, if they take your fork and you didn't even need that fork, you have to beat their ass on principle. And yeah. then when you come out and someone takes your fork, you know, here, he might have not he even known it was your fork. You better beat his ass because that's, that's how you, that's what you know. Yeah, and we're like, man, what an animal for losing your temper like that! It's like you don't know where I came from. We don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: This has been really dark.
2: It's not like, can we?
0: <laughs> we do comedy. Like, like, she like, does comedy a lot. I you do. should see her TikTok. You should see her podcast. We're yeah. gonna do another show right now on Patreon where we're gonna talk about a lot of fun stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, are we? We're we gonna talk about um, because we your, got your the hero.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not my. It's well, little, not
2: your hero, but you know, a
0: li- he's a he. I was raised to think that Ned Kelly was a legend because I grew up in a Bogan area. It's like a redneck area where a lot of tough guys had Ned Kelly's helmet tattooed on them with the quote, such as life because when they finally captured him, they, uh, they hung him and before they dropped him, they said, do you have any final words? And he said, so it has come to this such as life. (laughs) And then they hung him and it was, to us, that was the coolest thing yeah. ever that you could say. Yeah. You know, like in the in the face of tyranny, and all these people, and death, and all these people watching, and you still held your own and was like, "Nah, I'm not going out like a bitch." I mean, I,
2: I I watched a few things so that I'd be like ready. I was, I'm kind of excited because you're going to teach
0: me stuff. I know you are.
2: Well, because normally my podcast, like I'm the teacher, and so this this will be interesting because it's like. It'll be good for me because, like, normally I'm the mo- the school marm. Okay. And I mean, obviously, I'm gonna. But I thought it might be funny to just read through his Wikipedia page together and just kind of make some commentary got, as we go. I
0: through. got one more. They got an aborigine to track him because they're the best trackers back then. Yeah. And Ned caught the tracker and cut his balls off and used his ball sack as a gunpowder pouch. Oh my god. We all used. Everyone used to tell me that story. <laughs> and I was like, wow, man, Ned Kelly is diesel.
2: That's like, it reminds me of uh, there. I think the American equivalent was this guy named Jack Slade, which is like the most big dick energy name it like, is. ever. Jack Slade. But, it's like Jack
0: Reacher, but k- yeah. way cooler. But,
2: like, like a similar kind of story where, like, there's a guy that he, a rival, and he, like, cut off the guy's ear and yeah. then wore it as, like, a, a watch chain. Like, yeah. a watch chain for, like, the rest of his
0: life. Chopper yeah. Reed is an Australian icon who. Uh, is
2: that the guy? Cuttyzoni
0: is—he got a guy to cut his ears off to get to go to medical, and because they were going to kill him in prison, Ch- and he became the one of the most famous people in Australia. He was on 60 Minutes. I because I I have a book, a New York New York Times bestseller. Tully wrote it because I'm uh, illiterate. Uh, but he was on 60 Minutes, and he was like, "I got the number one selling book in the country. I can't even read, mate." And I remember when I was a little kid, I was like, "Chopper Read is awesome." And then when I had a book. I you know, I, mean, I had the same quote because I was like, I got the number one selling book, man, I can't even read. But <laughs> my I thought f- it was as close as I got the Chopper.
2: My friend Connor, he's gay, yeah. has a huge thing for Chopper. Yeah. Like, and we we had discussions about, you know, why like the sex appeal or the whatever yeah. appeal of because he was a lunatic. piece
1: of <laughs> you know? shit. Yeah, like,
2: like
0: a lunatic. Like all the Australians, all the people that would love <laughs> Chopper Reed, if you met Chopper Reed, he would beat the shit out of you, rob you, and possibly murder you. But we were all like, Chopper's the best. His, his I got closer. My first wife in Australia, her mum was good friends with Chop Chop. She used to call him Chop Chop. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was as close as I got. And I remember thinking, like, if I did anything bad to that lady, that they were going to kill me.
2: I mean might have.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I never did. I don't know that guy. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having me. Like sorry I sorry I made it so dark. I've, it was like informative.
0: I've Sometimes informative is just as good. I laughed a few times, <laughs> but we're gonna be it's check us out. More show, patreon.com slash AliceMates, very entertaining. Ill love repute. Ill yes. repute. Check out our podcast. Okay, everybody. I'll see you next week. I love you guys. Don't die.